Father's house. So yesterday I was thinking we were out here doing the church work day and uh, Friday I was out here pressure cleaning and yesterday I was out here doing different work day. And I got to thinking, have you ever been really thirsty? I mean really thirsty. You know that thirst where your body, you just feel like you're going to pass out? You know, you're, you're all hot and, and you, your teeth are sticking to your lips because of how hot it is outside and how parched you are. And, and you get to this point, it's just like really, really thirsty, and, and your body is screaming for something to refresh it. You just need that refreshing in your life. And, and I, I remember when we invaded the island of Grenada, and, and we were there for like three or four days, um, going up and down the mountains, going house to house. Yeah, and it took them about three days to actually get us water. So now you think about it, we're all on the ground and we're, we're constantly moving up and down mountains and, and doing all this stuff and we were running out of water. And, and one of the things that we realized on like day two was that the water coming into the houses in Grenada was fresh mountain spring water. And let me tell you, it was ice cold. And, and once we figured it out, we said, well, hey, we're not waiting on military to get us water. And we start filling up our canteens inside people's houses. And, and I remember, you know, them saying, oh, well, that's pure water. You need to put these chemicals in it. I was like, mm-mm. And, and after being all hot and, and my body was just quenching and it needed something, I remember when I drank that water. And it literally just refreshed my body. It refreshed my mind. I, I truly feel it refreshed my soul. And I talk about the water from Grenada so much that Valerie even brought me water from Grenada last time she went home. <laughs> but let me tell you, there's just something about drinking it. And, you know, have you ever really been there? Have you ever really had that feeling? You know what, what I'm talking about. When, when you're just needing that refreshing and you drink that water and you feel it go down your throat and it feels like it's just running through your veins, and it really feels like your whole body is being refreshed, there's something about that. There's something about just having that first nice cold drink when you're parched and you're really thirsty. So as we go through these different times of dryness and we need this, this water to refresh us, what about when we go through a spiritual dryness? You know, you, you're out there and... and and things are going great. God's using you in, in wonderful ways. He's working through you and with you. And you're doing all these things. You're seeing these miracles in your life. And, and you know God is doing something. And then all of a sudden you don't feel God in your life. All of a sudden you start to get this dryness. And you start to get this, wait, where, where's God at? You know, last week it was perfect. Everything was going well. And, and then this week it's like, 
Where's God? And when we get this dryness and when we need to be refreshed, we, we need to feel God in our life. And, and we, each one of us, unfortunately, go through these times of dryness and where we're on a mountaintop one day and we're in the valley the next. And it gets really confusing and we don't really understand it. And all we want is that dryness to end. And the good news is, the Lord is the only one who can refresh us in our seasons of dryness. In our seasons of dryness, the Lord is the only one who can refresh us. And however, the key is learning not to kick, but to rest in his power and to allow him to have his way in our life. Because the problem is we're going to try and fight it. We're going to try and do it on our own. We're going to try and find a way to, oh, man, I know God's got me doing this. Let me just keep going in this direction. And you're getting drier and drier because you're getting farther away from him. Remember, he's the only one that can bring that refreshing in your life. And what we're going to see today is here in, in the scripture today in Exodus, the Israelites just came off the mountaintop. They literally just saw God do amazing things in their life. They, it was just amazing. It was a blessing. So many different things. He literally watched them open up the Red Sea so that they could part on dry ground and then watch the Red Sea collapse on their enemies. The spiritual high of their life, they've been liberated, they're free, and it took them three days to become dry. Three days. Now you think about that. Think about everything they saw. It only took them three days. Well, what about us? Sometimes it takes us 30 seconds to go from being on the mountaintop to being in the valley because we get so caught up in so many different things. So if you have your Bible, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 15, verses 22 through 27. If you don't have a Bible with you, don't worry, it will be up here on the screen. And let's go ahead and dig in. Exodus 15, verses 22 through 27. Then Moses led Israel on from the Red Sea, and they went out to the wilderness of Shur. They, joined, uh, they journeyed for three days in the wilderness without finding water. They came to Merah, but when they could not drink the water at Merah because it was bitter. That is why they named it Merah. The people grumbled to Moses, What are we going to drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he threw it into the water... The water became drinkable. The Lord made a statute and ordinances for, for them at Marah, and he tested them there. He said, if you will carefully obey the Lord your God, do what is right in his sight, pay attention to his commands, and keep his statutes, I will not inflict any illness on you that I inflicted on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs and 70 date palms, and they camped there by the water. So, Heavenly Father, as we dig into your word today, Lord, is, is, may we have a spiritual thirst. May, may we look to get out of our own dryness in our lives, or, or Lord, that we'll take something away from here today that will help us when we hit those dry seasons. And, Lord, may my words be your words, and may you be glorified. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So I think it's interesting. Three days without water, and they forgot everything God did for them. 
three days. Think about it. You see the Red Sea part. You walk on dry ground. And it took three days to forget that. We still talk about it today. It literally took them three days to figure out, uh, hey, I'm not getting what I want in my life. Let me complain. And, and they come to this place called Mary. And, and I think what you're going to see here today is as we look at this, there's, there's three valuable lessons in this set of scripture. And, and it's lessons that not only I think the Israelites learned, but I think it's lessons that we can learn. And if you're going through the spirit, this time of dryness in your life, you know, hopefully this will help you to, to reconnect and get out of it. And, and I do want to let you know if everything is going well in your life, you're like on that mountaintop, get ready. Because there will come a time you're going to come off that mountaintop. Every one of us have been in the peaks and we've been in the valleys. We, we know it's going to continue to go like that. My only prayer is that it stops being peaks and valleys and becomes rolling meadows. <laughs> because to me, that'd be a whole lot easier life. But of course, we didn't sign on for an easy life. And, and I think as we look at these verses, um, one day each of us are going to have that period of dryness. But hopefully, by what we learn today, we'll be able to get out of them. And the first thing I think they learned was they learned about life. And, and in life, Life is kind of unbalanced sometimes. See, in life we have both good and bad. There's going to be good times, there's going to be bad times. We're going to have these wonderful times in our life. You know, you think about the, the birth of your first child or grandchild, graduating, all these different milestones that we have in our life. They're all these wonderful, upbeat moments. But at the same time, we, we also have this mixture of, of bad things that may happen to us. You know, maybe we lose a job or maybe we lose a loved one. You know, maybe we just get in an argument with our significant other. You know, we, we have these good and we, these bad times, and, and that's how life is. Life is this mixture of good and bad. But at the same time, we still have a God who's always on the throne. Now, unfortunately, I think we forget about that. When, when times are bad, we forget that God's still in charge, and, and we start to wonder where he's at. Because we're, it's easy during the good times to know where God's at, but, but we, we seem to forget where he is during the bad times. And, and, and remember, God is the master of life. He created life. He breathed life into Adam. He's the one who, who knows everything about us, and he sustains our life. So we need to understand that even here, in, for the Israelites, when they were in Mary, they seemed to forget all these wonderful things that God had done for them. They forgot about the plagues. They forgot about their deliverance. They forgot about the Red Sea. They forgot about everything, and they forgot that God's still in control. And it sounds like us. See, there's times that we forget that God's in control. We, we, we forget about everything he's done in our life. We, we can look back and we see all these miracles and we see where God has shown up and shown off in our life. But when he's not doing it at that moment, we kind of forget about it and we start, hey, where is he? And, and we don't look to the blessings that we've had in our lives. We look more to what we're dealing with now. And we forget that God is the master of life. He is involved in it. He is there in everything that we do. 
And, and, and you know, I kind of understand how we can, as humans, become flawed like that. You know, I look back at the disciples. The disciples were literally walking with Jesus, saw all his miracles, saw everything he was doing, got in a boat, went out, and it, the seas got rough, and they immediately started getting nervous. But yet Jesus was on the boat with them. So even with Jesus with them, they still had little faith. And in our life, we kind of do the same thing. Even though we have Jesus with us, he's all around us, he's, he's supplying for our life, we, we still have them times where we're not fearless. We have those times when we still doubt. We have those times when we think only the negative or the bad things in life, and we forget about the good things that God has done in our life. And life is this mixture between good and bad. And, and the whole time as we're going through good things or bad things, I believe it's a way that God is ministering to us. It's a way that he ministers to our life through the good and the bad because you know, we can learn through the good times in life. But I think we really learn during the bad times in life. When life is hard and you've got to you know, pull up your bootstraps and keep going, there's lessons that are learned there. And I think God uses both the good and the bad times in our lives to minister us to become more like him. Because ultimately, that's what we're called to do. We're to be more like him in everything that we do. If we're created in his image, we should be like him. And when we have bad times, we need to seek him. We need to seek him in the good, seek him in the bad, and continue to move forward. And remember that he is the author of our life. He is the one who created everything, and everything was created through him. And he can use both the good and the bad in our life to minister to us to make us be more like him. I think the other thing they learned about and something that we can learn about during that period of dryness is you kind of learn about yourself. And I think the Israelites learned about themselves here. And understand, life is like this big operating room. And when everything happens, whether it's good or bad, no matter what happens, there's an x-ray taken of your heart. So God knows exactly what's on your heart in the good times and the bad times. He, he knows what's going on. He knows if it's an AFib. He knows if you got a palpitation. He, he knows what's going on in your heart. And because he knows what's going on in your heart, you can't fake it. We may be able to fake it with our friends and our families, but you can't fake it with God. In the good and the bad, he's taking a picture of your heart, and he knows exactly where you are and what you're standing on. And I think that's something that helps us to understand ourselves is that God knows who we are. He sees the real us in everything we do. And I think this bitter time that, that the Israelites were there with that bitter water, uh, I think it showed some things in themselves that maybe they weren't proud of. And I think sometimes through our own bitter times in our life, God shows us some things in our own selves that maybe we're not proud of. And, and it's something that needs to be changed. And, and I love how God helps us to learn about ourselves in good and bad situations. And I think we got to face it. Uh, we can all learn about ourselves when we're at the bottom in our life. When we're down here, we learn so much about ourselves. 
and we learn how we need to go forward. And, and I think some of it is, uh, as you look at the Israelites, I think they were living for themselves. Gee, how many people in this room live for themselves? And don't forget, you're in church. Don't be lying. But they were living for themselves. Three days after God took them out of slavery, crossed the Red Sea, they totally forgot about what God did, and they were living for themselves. They were more worried about what they were going to drink than what God had done for them. And we do the same things in our own life. As soon as it gets bitter, as soon as it gets dry, as soon as it gets tough, who do we worry about? Me, myself, and I. We start to worry about ourselves and we forget everything that God did and we start to, to live for ourselves. And instead of getting caught up with all of God's wonder and glory and worship and everything he's done in our life, we start to minimize it and, and start to make our circle that much smaller so it's centered around ourselves. And it becomes all about me. And I'm not happy so no one can be happy. And, and uh, well, I don't agree with this, so guess what? I'm going to make it miserable for everybody else. What about everything God's done in your life? What about how God has transcended time and space to do things for you, and we forget about it? As soon as life gets a little bit hard, as soon as you don't get what you want, as soon as, well, I choose this, and, and I want Love, peace, and joy, and happy, and rainbows, and unicorns, and, and you don't get it, what happens? I can't believe I didn't do this. We throw up our hands, we drop our head, and we forget everything that God's done in our life. We forget all of the blessing just because of our looking at ourselves, looking at our own situation, and doing the, oh, woe's me, instead of God help me. And, and, and we turn it back upon ourselves. I think we also see that they were living by sight. Who in here ever lives by sight? You know, we're, we're called not to live by sight. Live by faith, not by sight. But here they were so worried about what they were going to drink, what they were going to have, what, what they were going to do, and they were living off of what they could see instead of living off their faith. Knowing that God had provided everything for them up to that point, instead of knowing that God would provide for them, they looked at the situation and said, there's nothing for me. What are we going to do? And they started complaining. They started complaining to Moses about what they're going to do. And basically what their expectations of God had failed, they thought God had failed them. But ultimately, God does not fail. And I think many times we're guilty of the same thing. You know, we expect something, and then when we don't get it, we, we start to wonder where God is. And maybe it's because it's something that we didn't do that God called us to do. And instead of living out the faith that he calls us to live out, we're living out by the sight and, and living out by our own what we feel and what we think instead of what he feels and what he thinks. And I think that when we step out of our faith and we walk by sight, I think we've actually left God's blessing and we've entered into sin. If we're not doing what God called us to do, we're doing the opposite. So we need to always remember to stay within that faith, stay within doing what God called us to do. And, and the other thing I think they learned is that we're never satisfied. Is anyone here satisfied? Really? Nobody. I'm glad because I'm never satisfied either. 
These people were three days. They'd seen the Lord, the Lord destroy the greatest army in the world, and they weren't satisfied. They weren't happy. They'd seen God part the Red Sea and deliver them. They'd seen him, him take the sea. They walked across on dry ground to feed the greatest army in the world at the time, and they totally missed it. They totally missed what happened because they weren't happy with themselves. They weren't satisfied with what was going on in their life. And, you know, then, so now they're standing at this pool of bitter water, and all they're doing is complaining because the Lord didn't do it their way. He didn't do it in their timing. Well, I'm thirsty now. I want water now. Well, Lord, I've got this going on, and I want it now. And unfortunately, we in our own life, even as Christians, do the same thing. I want it now. See, we live in this instant gratification world where you want to know something, you can just Google it. Or you can say, hey, Siri. Or you can do whatever you want, and instantly you can know what it is. Hey, I don't know how to fry a turkey. Guess what? You can go to YouTube right now and find out how to fry a turkey. My piece of advice is watch how much oil you put in the, in the pan. Because it is going to grow. But we live in this instant satisfaction world. And I think a lot of times we get caught up just like the Israelites do. We want that instant gratification in the life of God. We want it now and we want it on our time, not his time. And that's not how God works. And that shouldn't be how we work either. We need to understand that, that when we're on a mountaintop, we can be so quick to glorify God and we can publicly praise him for, for all that he does and we can give him thanks. But let a little trial come your way. Let something not work out the way you want it to and we whine and we gripe and we complain and, and, and everything about it is terrible and, and instead of praising God, we do just the opposite. It's silly, isn't it? But yet we live our life like that. And each one of us can sit here and go, man, pastor, I try not to, but I do. And yeah, pastor, it may be silly, but man, there's just certain things I want my way. I want to be able to have it my way like Burger King. But life isn't all about your way. Guess what? Like I said at the beginning, we can learn more in those times of bad than we can in times of good. And when that bad comes, we need to really, that's when you really need to reach in and grab hold of God and see what he's trying to do in your life. Because he's trying to do something. And we may not understand it at the time, but guarantee if you look back on your life right now, you can see those times of dryness and you can just go, man, when I was in, this is what God showed me. Man, I remember that like it was yesterday and this lesson that I learned from that. Because God will teach us lessons in our dryness. Whatever we face in life, we need to make sure that we're praising him, no matter what it is. And the third thing I think they learned uh, after learning about themselves is they learned about God. They learned about who the Lord was and who he is. Um, I think we, they learned that he's aware of their needs. You know, God knew what they were going to need. He knew, you figure, he's the one who set up their journey. He knew what he was going to do. He knew he was going to part the Red Sea. He knew he was going to collapse it on the, the Roman army. 
He knew they were going to get thirsty. They were coming up to this bitter stream. He knew exactly what they were going to do. And there was a tree sitting there waiting for them that they could chop down and throw inside so they would go from bitter to sweet. See, God had a plan. He had it all worked out. The problem is we, just like the Israelites, don't always see that tree that was already there. Every opportunity that comes up, God's already got it prepared. He already has a plan in place for us, but the problem is we don't see it. So because we don't see it, we don't believe it's there. Because we want to plan our life and have everything work out perfectly the way we want it. And as soon as we stumble a little bit, God, how come? But yet he may have you stumbling for a reason. It's funny, anytime I get stuck in traffic or or something goes on and I'm running late. And then, of course, you get up there on 95 and there's an accident. And you're like, man, if I would have left on time, that could have been me. God has a plan. But, but we look past that, and we don't really think about it. We're like, man, I'm glad that ain't me, and you keep going and not realizing that, you know what, maybe that was part of God's plan that you weren't there. But he wanted you to see that to remind you that he's still in control. And, and a lot of times I think that's what we forget is that he's still in control of the universe. He's still in control of everything. He knew what he was going to do. He, he knew what was going to happen with the Israelites just like in our life. He knows the sickness that's going to happen in your life that hasn't even got there yet. He knows the grief that you're going to be stricken over someone who currently is in your life that later you're going to grieve their loss. He's already aware of it. And he's already preparing what's going to be done at that time. All we have to do is lean into him. Good and the bad. Take that time, lean into him. He already knows it. He knows exactly what's going to happen, when it's going to happen. It's just up to us to do what he calls us to do. And I'm glad I I serve a Lord who knows what's going to happen before I do. He's never surprised. I'm surprised all the time. He's never surprised. God is always going to meet our needs. He's going to meet our needs. Moses was commanded to cast his tree inside so that the water would no longer be bitter, but it would be sweet. And and I think that God in his wisdom provided that tree years before. He knew what was going to be needed, and he had the provision already there waiting. See, I think a lot of times we miss the provision because we're not seeking him. We're not seeking what he wants from our life. And instead, when we get that time of dryness, we try and take over ourselves and we try and do it ourselves to be who we need to be and do what we want to do instead of seeking into him and leaning into him on everything he calls us to do. You think about it, in the beginning, God created the perfect environment and he put Adam and Eve in it. Perfect, everything they needed, they had. They even had time where they spoke with God and God walked through the garden with them. Perfect relationship. Everything was perfect. And then what happened? They sinned. And as soon as Adam and Eve sinned, we we went from a perfect life to a needy life. Every one of us now needs something. And everyone in this world needs salvation first. 
We, we needed their salvation. God provided the salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. Through his death on a tree, he made the bitter waters in our life to be sweet. He knew we needed and he supplied his one and only son for our salvation. God will provide for all of our needs. All we got to do is be in a real right relationship with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. And he will take care of everything you need in your life. You notice he will take care of everything you need, not everything you want. You will get some things you want, but it's about the needs in our life. And through the power of Jesus Christ, our bitter waters can be made sweet again. I believe that God's already provided for our needs. Just like I said, there at Mara, there's bitter needs. I think years prior, God took a seed, had that seed planted, so that tree would be available. He loved it so much, he knew what was going to happen. He knew the Israelites would be tested, but he wanted to make sure that they would still get that sweetness of the water. So he made sure that tree was there. How many people are missing the tree that God planted in their life? Because we're too busy complaining. We're too busy worried about the bitterness that's in our life or that dryness that's in our life that we totally forget that God planted a tree. He made a way out of it for us. And we need to remember, he will be there for everything that we face. No matter what we go through, God's going to be there. And, and I honestly think that if, if we think of this, you will never face a need in your life that God hasn't already met. Let that sink in for a second. And I want to tell you, if this truly sinks in, let me say it again, you will never face a need in life that God hasn't already met. If you totally believe that and put that in your life, it will destroy any fear, anxiety, and anything else you have in your life. Because if you truly believe that he's going to provide for every need you ever have, what are you going to worry about? What are you going to have fear for? Nothing. You're going to be fearless. You're going to be bold. You're going to stand on the promises of God and know that he is going to provide. He's going to do exactly what he, his word says he's going to do. We just have to be obedient to it. Praising him on the mountaintop for his faithful, for his all of his glory, everything he does, and praising him in the valley for his faithfulness because he is faithful. Unfortunately, we're not always faithful. One thing about God is he is always faithful. He's always going to be there for us and always be there with us. Now, now the other thing in this whole story, in this whole scripture, God revealed one of his characteristics in here. He revealed himself as Jehovah Rapha the Lord your healer, or the God who heals. And, and I think if the Israelites had never come to this place, they would have never known that characteristic of God. And, and as you look through the Bible, there's a lot of times we don't catch that characteristic of God. Job would have never seen the characteristic of God if he wouldn't have had everything taken away to see that God doubled everything in return. Lazarus would have never known the joy of life if he was never died and brought back to life. Mary and Martha would have never understood that the Lord was the resurrection of life if they hadn't have had grief. See, in the good and the bad moments in life, God is still there. And there's a learning that goes on in that time to where we can see God show up and learn a lesson from it. 
We just need to seek him in all that we do. See, I think what I'm trying to say here today is, is the Lord uses the bitter episodes in our life to reveal himself more fully to us. Take those times of bitterness, and when we stand in the bitter in that bitter time of, and we have our own little dryness, and trust me, every one of us will, God's going to help us because he's still on the throne. He's still in charge. And he will provide for everything we need. We just need to trust him. We need to seek him. We need to stop trying to do it on our own. Don't be living by sight. Live by faith. Knowing that he is going to provide. Knowing that he is going to be there. And I, and I want to let you know, if, if you're struggling in a time of dryness, Take it to the Lord. Bring it to Jesus. He's, he's waiting there for you. Whatever it is you're dealing with, whether it's good or whether it's bad, take it to the cross. Because that's where things become straight. That's where things start to be make sense. Because he can make sense out of any mess that we're in at the time. And like I said at the beginning, the key is learning not to kick but to rest in his power and to allow him to have his way on our life. Allow him to refresh you. Allow him to be that ice cold glass of water on a hot day that you feel just running through your veins, that you feel refreshing you. He has that same ability to do that in our lives. Let him refresh your life. Because the Lord is the only one who can refresh us in our season of dryness. Take a drink of the Lord today. Take a big swallow of the Lord today. Feel his presence in your life. Feel him refreshing your soul, refreshing your body, refreshing your walk with him. And if you're here and you don't know, hey, that's good, Pastor, but I don't know Jesus. How's he going to refresh me if I don't know him? Well, he brought you here for a reason. Whether you're here in the room or you're watching via church online or even watching this video at a later time, he's brought you here for a reason. He's brought you here because he loves you. He brought you here because he wants to refresh you. He wants to refresh your soul. And you may be saying, Pastor, you don't know what I've done. Uh, I've messed up and, and I've done so much bad in my life, he'd never accept me. Well, God's word says we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. So if you look to your right or your left, guess what? There's a sinner sitting with you. They're sitting right next to you or they're sitting in the same pew in front of you or behind you. And, and guess what? Hi, I'm Pastor Ken, and I'm a sinner, just like you. Because we all do, and we all fall short, and for me to come up and try and say I'm not a sinner would be a lie. And it would go against everything God's Word says. Because we all sin, and we all fall short. But yet God loved us enough that he gave his son to die on a cross for you, for the forgiveness of your sins, 
And God's word says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's the beginning. That's where it starts. And guess what? It's not an easy life. If you honestly think, oh, good, I'm going to accept Jesus and it's going to be roses and unicorns. Uh-uh. It's going to be thorn bushes and bulls. Living a Christian life is not easy. And, and here's the thing. Once you accept Jesus and, and you start to do what his word calls you to do, and you start to change, and he changes that heart from the inside out, people in your life are going to change also. Some for the good, and some for the really bad. Some are going to hate the fact that you accepted Jesus. Some are going to hate the fact that you're not doing the things you used to do. What do you mean you're not drinking? What do you mean we're not going to go do some drugs on the corner? What do you mean we can't live together because we're not married? What, what do you mean this or that? Because when you pay attention and you do his commandments just like he says, and he will keep the plagues away from you, how many people want plagues in their life? I don't. So guess what? I'm going to try and keep his commands and his ordinances. You notice I said I'm going to try because I know I'm going to fail. But I'm going to try my best. And I'm going to try my best to be a better person today than I was yesterday. And I'm going to be better tomorrow than I am today. So if you've never accepted Jesus, hey, take that first step. The difference is going to be you. And then let you change your environment. Be the change you want to see. And if you happen to be sitting here and you're struggling with this, you know, Pastor, I'm in this dryness right now in my life. Give it to the Lord. You can do it right where you're sitting, or you can come up here to the altar, wherever you want. Give it back to the Lord. Ask Him to refresh you like that nice cold glass of water. To fill your soul with that energy and that refreshing that can only come from Him. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we thank you. We thank you that you are able to refresh us. Because Lord, this in this world today with good and bad, there is that time that we need a refreshing. And Lord, I think in, in, in Christianity alone today, Christianity needs to be refreshed. Lord, we need to be refreshed that we seek you. Because I think too many of us still seek what's in the world. Or we, we seek what's in our own mind instead of seeking you. So, Lord, as everyone leaves here today and as they go through this week, Lord, I want you to refresh them and refresh their relationship with you, that they will seek to do what you've called them to do, that they will be obedient and they will remember your blessing. And, Lord, that we will take off ourself and, and, and we will put on you that we will be you with skin on to everyone we come in contact with. Lord, that you will speak to us, that you will speak through us in a mighty way, that we can affect change in this world. And Lord, it starts with each of us. So Lord, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you, I encourage you, Lord, uh, uh, just to 
have them make that move today. They can come up front during this final song, Lord, and, and we can bring them into your family. We can say that prayer. We can watch the transformation in their life. And we can welcome them to our messed up, jacked up family. And Lord, if there's anyone here going through that dryness, Lord, may they seek you with their whole heart. And may you refresh them. And Lord, make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com, and on the very front page, you say, Give My Life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.